glad you're here in God's house. We're glad to be together with you and worshiping. How many can feel the presence of the Lord this morning? Amen. He's here, and uh, we just we just want to give him all the glory that he deserves this morning. You know, as we're getting our Bibles open, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to preach about, on this because uh, besides the fact of feeling led to preach on it, I, I just feel like um, we, we need to understand how blessed we are this morning to be in a country where we are having a service right now without worrying about soldiers coming in and shutting us down, about, without having to be worried that we have our Bibles on us. And all around the world, without us probably knowing it, in many different places, there are people who have to, who have to live under persecution just to just to claim that they're believers, just to have church, underground churches and, and different things around the world. And so I want to make sure that, that I admire them this morning. Amen. How many want to admire those people around the world who are living for Jesus with, with the fear of dying? None of us here this morning had to wake up and think, man, I might not make it home from church this morning, not because of a car accident, but because of persecution. And I, I can't wait someday to meet those many, many people in heaven who are going to have special crowns called the martyr's crown, amen, that have given their lives for Jesus. And so I want to hold up my part of the bargain in the United States, amen. I want to make sure that I um, am thankful for that freedom. So we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 9, and I want to read some things to you this morning, and I want to tell you that the gospel this morning is something we've got to preach, amen. We've got to tell people there's hope and we're going to have an awesome testimony this morning as well uh, that just coincides great with this message. One of the th- advantages of having two services is uh, I heard a great testimony after the first service, and somebody's going to testify they didn't know what I was going to preach, and it's just a great confirmation um, about this message. So you'll, it'll be exciting to hear, and thank God for Brenda's awesome testimony, amen, of, of debt elimination. How many want God to do that in your life, amen? He is a God that answers prayers this morning. Let's pick up in Luke chapter 9. In verse 18, it says, And it happened, as he was alone praying, that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah. And others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. And he asked the question, church, that we all need to ask ourselves. He said, But who do you say that I am. And Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. And he strictly warned, verse 21, and commanded them to tell this to no one. And I'm going to explain that in a little bit. Saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. Then he came to to them all and said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Now watch verse 26. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom 
of God. Father, I pray for the next few minutes that you would anoint our ears to hear your word this morning, that you would anoint my mouth to speak your words, Lord, that we would be transformed this morning by your word and that this word would challenge us to be believers and to be not ashamed of you. I pray, Father, against every spirit of darkness, every obstacle, every hindrance, every demonic force that would lie and deceive. And I pray that, Lord, your words would change us and cause us to walk out of here different than the way we came in, Father. Help us to be unashamed this morning. Help us to love you like you love us. And help us to grow in our faith in these things we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. You know, it's easy to say that. I want you to do it one more time with me and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's easy to say. It's easy to say it in this church setting. But the question we need to ask ourselves is, do we have that same boldness? Do we have that same attitude when we're outside of these four walls? Do we have that same attitude of, of, I don't care what anybody thinks about me when we're at work? when we're at the store, when we're around other people that we know are not believers. We were coming back from a trip this week, and I was at the airport, and the Holy Spirit led me to see something that's really led me to preach this message. And we were going through security, and before we got to security, I saw a man and his family. You could tell they were from the Middle East. And I noticed that they were talking about where they were going to be sitting on the plane. I heard they were going to Dallas. I knew they were going to be on our plane. So I was just him and maybe four or five teenage sons and daughters. And uh, so we started walking, and I noticed that. And then as we got to security, this man was right by us. But I noticed that his family was not with him. So I remember thinking that was kind of strange, that he was by himself. I knew that his family had backpacks and stuff, and they were going to go on the trip. And so then we got through security and began to walk to our gate. And I told my wife and daughters, um, they had to go to the bathroom. I said, you guys go and I'll meet you at the gate. So I went to the gate and I looked over from, from my side to the other side. And this man that was going through the line was over with his shoes off. And he has hands like this. And he was against the wall. And he was praying out loud. And he went down to his knees. And then he put down his head to the ground. And then he stood back up again, and he was facing Mecca. He was facing the, the, the direction where Mecca was. He was praying to his, he was Islamic, praying to his God, because that's how they pray. And something in the, in the Holy Spirit said, you go over there, and you be as bold as him. So I told Carla, or when they got back, I said, I'll be back in a second. And I went over, and I sat down right next to where he was, and I began to pray as well. And I began to pray in tongues. Now, I wasn't doing it in a way to be boisterous or to be disrespectful to his prayer, but I wanted to be I wanted to be unashamed of my God as much as he was unashamed of his God in the airport. Amen. And as I saw that man, I thought, man, what a challenge for us as believers that he would go in, take his shoes off in an airport and begin to pray to Allah, not worrying about what anybody else in that place thought. Not worrying about what anybody else said. He said, I love my God, and I'm unashamed. And another interesting thing that I thought was very dedicated about him was then, then I knew why his kids weren't with him in the security line. Because when he got done praying, and as I got up to go back over to Carla and the girls, I saw his kids come. He left them in security to go through security to get to that place to pray at a certain time. Because there's a certain time they're supposed to pray. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's probably too smart to leave your kids through the security line, but the dedication impacted me. 
and his unashamedness impacted me. There was all, nobody, it would have been easy for him to be in his country where everybody at that time would have been doing the same thing. But nobody else in that place was praying and people were watching him, but he was unashamed. Church, we need to be that unashamed of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. We need to be unashamed of who Jesus is in our lives. So I had some thoughts you know, in this, in this verse here we read in, in, in Luke 9, it says, again, I want you to look at 26. He says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, and my words, this is the word of God. This is the words of Jesus. He said, whoever is ashamed of those things, I want you to really think about this. He said, I will be ashamed of them when the Son of Man comes in his glory with his Father's glory and of the angels. I will be ashamed of them. We have to understand that we have an opportunity right now to be bold for Jesus so that he'll be bold for us, amen? We've got to share our faith. We've got to be unashamed, and we've got to realize that there are people all over the world today who are, who are not ashamed, and they're, they're not worried about even losing their life. And I'm going to read a Bible verse about that in a second. But I began to think of some of the things that might be a test. Last Sunday, we took communion, and we read there before we took it that the Bible says that we're supposed to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. We talked about crossing the finish line, and it says we're supposed to, we're supposed to make sure that we're not disqualified. Amen? The, the, the Bible is telling us here, there are things, we've got to understand, there are things we are supposed to do, not things that we, and this has to be clarified over and over again, not things we have to do to be accepted by God. That's the difference. That man might have been thinking, I've got to get there at a certain time. I've got to pray at a certain time. I've got to pray in a certain way so that my God will accept me. I thank God that it doesn't matter where I pray or how I pray. God accepts me because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. And not because of any way I pray or any direction I pray or any time I pray. So it's not that I do those things to be accepted by Jesus, but if I want to walk with the Lord, he he says in his word, there's some things I expect of you. And one of them is I expect you to not be ashamed of me. We need to under, you know, sometimes if you've ever been with somebody, maybe you've been with your kids or your parents or somebody, and they've done something embarrassing, and you're like, man, I'm not with them. Right? We've all done that at some point. I'm not, I'm not with them. I don't know them. That, that's not what we need to do with Jesus. We need to say, I'm with him. Amen. Everywhere we go, we need to say, he's with me, I'm with him, and not be ashamed. But as I thought about this, there's some examples that I'm going to throw out. This isn't a test you're going to get graded on, but it's something personally that we can think about. We can ask ourselves, where's my walk? How am I doing in my, in my, in my faith? Because faith has obstacles. Faith has things that come against it. And we all have opportunities to share our faith We've all failed in different areas. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'll raise mine. There's been times when I've had a chance. I know I've had a chance to open my mouth, and I've missed that opportunity. I always pray that those chances are less and few and far in between. But everyone in here, even in the greatest intent of your heart, has missed opportunities or had times where you have been ashamed of Jesus or you've been ashamed to say something or you've been ashamed to stand up for the Lord. And I want to challenge us this morning to not miss those opportunities. 
I want us to be people who are not afraid to be, to be bold for Jesus Christ, amen, and to tell people the hope that is in our lives. Here's a thing you can think about, and, and, and I was thinking about this because on the plane um, coming or going, sorry, I, I was sitting between two men. I was on the aisle, and there was a man on my right and a man on the other aisle who were both reading the Word of God. I was very excited. And a lot of times, I'll spark up conversation with people. I'm that guy on the plane that wants to talk. Amen. I want to I I talk. But I didn't this time. I, I didn't feel led to, and so I didn't talk to either one of them. But the guy on my right, he was reading. It was an iPad. It was big letters. I wasn't trying to be nosy, but I looked over, and he was reading about the rapture. He was reading different parts of the Bible, and I saw him the whole flight. He was reading through that thing, and I was excited about that. And I just, I almost wanted to ask him, what is, you know, are you pre-trib, post-trib, or mid-trib? I just wanted to ask him, but I didn't. I kept quiet. I didn't feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to. And then on the left side, there was an Asian guy, and he was devouring that Bible. He was, he had his, his, his tray down, and he had his highlighters out. And he was marking that Bible, and he was reading it, and I so badly wanted to talk to him and find out where he, where he, where he found the Lord and everything. And, but he was just, you could just tell that he was excited and knew about the Lord. He was on a plane. He didn't care who was on his left. He didn't care about me on his right. He wasn't looking around to see if anybody was watching. Ask yourself, would you be ashamed to pull your Bible out on a plane and read it in front of people? Would you be ashamed to pull your Bible out and read it at your desk at work? Or have your Bible sitting there at the desk where people would know you're a believer. You know, it's easy for us to say yes right here. But the question is, would we really do it? Those are things we have to ask ourselves. Am I ashamed or would would I be ashamed to pray with somebody in public? If somebody asked me, hey, will you pray for me right now? I say if they're unashamed to ask for prayer, we should be unashamed to pray for them in public. Amen? Let's pray for them right there. Don't, because a lot of times what we do is we say, well, um, I go to Victory World Outreach over on the freeway. We'll meet you there. And, and if you come there, we'll pray for you. That's great that you want them to come to church. Why don't you pray for them right there at work? Why don't you pray for them right there at school? Why don't you pray for them right there in the store? Amen? The question is, would you be ashamed to pray for somebody in public? Here's a big one. As I go back to this part where it says, whoever's ashamed of me and my words, would I be, am I ashamed to speak out on matters, on issues that matter to Jesus? Am I ashamed to say that Jesus' words are about a subject? Amen? And I said this earlier at the earlier service. We, we got to understand, church, today one of the biggest things that we need to speak out about in truth and in love from the word is sexual orientation. And anything that has to do with sex and perversion and all those things. Because there are a lot of things being written today, a lot of things being said. And God's word says what's right and what's wrong. Can I get an amen? God's words say what's right and what's wrong about gender, sexual orientation, homosexuality, perversion, and all those things. And it's one of the biggest issues today, especially in politics. We don't need to defend God's word. We need to speak God's word. Thank you for that lonely clap. Come on, church. Are you ashamed to speak the words of Jesus? You know what? There's people saying in California they're going to try to ban the Bible. 
There'll be a day, there'll be a day, church, when someone will tell me I can't say anything that the Bible says about sexual orientation. I will have to make that choice of whether or not I'll sit back like some people and just not say anything. I'm going to preach what the Bible says about every subject in the Word of God, and I'm not going to be ashamed of who Jesus is and what he says. You have to ask, that, ask yourself that question. Am I ashamed to mention Jesus in a post on social media? Now, notice I didn't say God. I said Jesus. If you don't understand that, there's a big difference. Jesus is God. But there's a big difference between mentioning God and Jesus. If I would have gone over to that man and began to talk to him about God, we would have had a conversation that would have been the straight direction. But as soon as I would have mentioned Jesus, it would have changed. You've got to understand that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the word we've got to speak. We've got to be not ashamed to say the word Jesus, to say the name Jesus, amen, to say Jesus is Lord, amen, because the Bible tells me that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need to choose to confess that now while we're alive before we stand before God on the throne of judgment, amen, and say, I believe Jesus is Lord. Be bold in your faith. Don't be ashamed. Am I ashamed to meet with other Christians in public gatherings outside of church, at the university, at, at work, at a, at, a, at, a, at a lunch with other people? Am I, am I ashamed to talk about Jesus? You know, I think uh, the last one is, am I ashamed to select Christian in my religious views? The reason I say these things is I, I notice the more I look at this world, this world's not ashamed of what they believe. Now, I'm not even talking about religions. This world is not ashamed to say what they believe, to wear what they believe, to, wear, to, to dress how they believe. I, I, was, I was saying some people aren't ashamed to not wear clothes. Amen, out in public. You go to public places, you see a lot of people, they're not ashamed to show off their body. They're not ashamed to do things to their body. They're not ashamed, all kinds of, the world don't care. So why are we ashamed of Jesus? Come on, church, don't shout me down now. Why are we ashamed of the king when everybody else is not ashamed of what their agenda is? We need to make sure that Jesus is being preached. I want you to go over, if you would, to Matthew chapter 10. And I want to read some powerful words of Jesus. The red letter. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I'm going to end with a few more things to think about of if I'm ashamed or not, just to examine ourselves. This isn't a, a message to make us feel bad. This is a message to challenge us to challenge us to stand up for our faith. Because if we're reading his words, I don't know any other way to take that. So you might try to, try to change the lingo, but I don't, know, I don't know of any other way than if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. I just don't know how, how, you, can how you can translate that any different. He says, if you, if you want to say you're with me in heaven, it's kind of like if you want to come into heaven's gates, you've got to make sure you, you claim me here. Amen. You can't come into my house if you don't claim me in your house. You can't come where I live if you don't claim me where you live. we got to claim him here on this earth if we want to go into where he lives. Amen. He's going to prepare a place for those who believe in him. Nobody, I've said this forever, nobody's going to be in heaven that doesn't want to be there. You're going to be there because you want to be there, because you believe, because you're not ashamed of the Lord. Matthew chapter 10, verse 25 Amen, if you're there. It is enough for a disciple 
that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. We've got to be more like Jesus. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and nothing hidden that will not be known. Now, those can be scary thoughts. That's scary to think that everything I do, everything I say, nothing's hidden, nothing's covered. That's why I need to be unashamed of Jesus. Now, watch these next few verses. This is a powerful set of verses. Verse 27, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Now stop there for a second. This sounds kind of weird. What do you mean, whatever I tell you in the dark? you got to understand that Jesus was talking to his there was places. They would have to go to get away from the people so he could tell them the truths of the gospel so they wouldn't be persecuted and beaten and taken away. If you've ever read the gospels, they were constantly trying to kill Jesus. He had to escape many times. And they tried to push him off cliffs. They tried, to, they tried to get him and flog him. They tried to do all kinds of things. And he would move on to the next place. And, and that's why he said there in that one part, uh, don't, when he said to P- Peter, said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, don't tell anybody that. It wasn't that he was saying, be afraid of me or ashamed of me. He was saying, I've got some stuff I've got to do. And if they come get me now, I'm not going to be able to get you guys ready to take the gospel onto the world. So he said, he wasn't that he was ashamed, to be ashamed of me. He was saying, i got to tell you this in secret so that when you leave me, you go tell it in the light. You were, we're, we're over here hiding this right now and getting the plan, and then we're going to go out into the public, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna speak it. It's kind of what happens in church. We're in here planning right now. We're in here learning right now. We're in here uh, encouraging one another. And now what we learn, we take out into the light, and we speak what we hear, and we preach the gospel. Whatever you hear from my ears, in your ears, from me, you preach I want you to say this with me. I am a preacher. Make sure I saw everybody's mouth move there. I am a preacher. Everybody in here is a preacher. You don't need a pulpit to preach. You don't need to be a pastor or an evangelist or have a title to preach. We are all preachers. Jesus said in his great commission, go and preach the gospel. To all nations. The church of the living God is you and me. And it's not just in this building. It's out there on the streets. It's out there in the job place. It's out there in our neighborhoods. It's in the store. It's where we go. And we need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to be bold and preach the gospel. We don't need to, we don't need to change it. We don't need to manipulate it. We just need to preach it. And let God be God. Let God do what he's going to do. You just preach what Jesus says. And so this is so powerful because as I think today of my brothers and my sisters around the world today who I admire and look up to and honor, those people who are dying for their faith around the world. All over the world, people are dying today. As we're in service right now, there are people giving their lives for Jesus. 
There are people who are meeting, and, and we have to remember these things, church. When we're in here in a, in a praise and worship service, and we're clapping and we're singing, we need to sometimes leave this place and go in our minds to a place around the world where they're praising and worshiping God in a place where they could be killed for their faith. Killed, tortured, beaten, imprisoned. There's a man right now in Turkey who's been in prison for two years because he preaches the gospel. In prison. You know, these, those are the things we need to think about because, it, listen, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do in my freedom, what would I do without it? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. And, and a lot of us would say, well, I think I'd do, you know, I would do it because I'd be forced to do it. Maybe not. And, and I talked about that a few weeks ago. I think it was around Easter that a missionary said that one of the biggest obstacles to the Christian faith in the United States is our freedom. Because we don't have that, that, that torture or we don't have that persecution. We don't have anything refining us in the sense of, well, if I don't feel like going to church today, I just won't go. If I don't feel like praying, I just won't pray. Man, those people are praying for their lives. When they preach the gospel, they're preaching as if it possibly could be the last time they ever preach a message. When they smuggle Bibles in or do things that are illegal, it's amazing. I, I heard a story of this man. There's a ministry called Open Doors. You might have seen some, some different things on the Internet about it. And they're reaching out to countries where there's a lot of per, uh, persecution. And this man said he went to this country. I believe it was Syria, but it was definitely somewhere where ISIS was. And he said that he was so challenged in his faith when he went there as he realized the, these people are literally miles away from ISIS. They're in the same province of ISIS, and they have crosses around their necks. He went in some cars where there was crosses hanging from, from, the, from, the, from the mirror. You know, we think of the cross, and we think it of his jewelry. These people are putting a cross where they can die for having it on them. Can I get a better amen? He said that he went to this one neighborhood, which was less than 10 miles from ISIS center, where they, where they, where they act or operate from, and he saw a house that was totally muralled with the picture of Jesus Christ. That's bold faith. That's bold faith. How many of us would do that? How many of us would paint Jesus on our house knowing we could be killed for it? We, we've got to understand, church, that we've got to realize that there's people doing something greater than this, and we've got to say, listen, I'm gonna, I don't, maybe I don't have to have persecution, but I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up. Now read this with me right here in Matthew 20, uh, 10, 27. I believe that, that these men and women around the world that are being persecuted are reading these words. He says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. Whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who's able to destroy both body and soul in hell are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will but the very hairs of your head are numbered. I can just see some of our brothers and sisters around the world quoting that to Jesus. Jesus, you know how many hairs are on my head. He says, do not fear, therefore, you 
are of more value than many sparrows. And then he goes on to say, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, listen, listen to these words. These words will save you or condemn you. He says, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me, whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Those are some strong words. Those are some powerful words. My words will save me or my words will destroy me. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't care what other people think about you. Care what God thinks about you. Don't worry about what other people do to you. Worry about what God can do to you. Your life is in his hands. Your soul is in his hands. Those people can go out every day and say, you know what? I'll lose my life today because my life is in God's hands. That's why Paul could say the words, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's why he could say to live is Christ, to die is gain. He understood that his body was going to die one day, but his soul was going to live forever, and the one who owned the rights to his soul was Jesus. So he said, I'm not going to be ashamed. That's why he said in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on in those verses to say, don't think I've come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Now, he's not talking about a violent sword. He's not talking about physical violence. He says, I've come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. What does that mean? When you choose Jesus, sometimes you've got some enemies in your own house people all around the world in different religions if that man, his, if any one of his kids chose to, to, to put Jesus Christ as Lord, they would have been kicked out of the house, if not worse today we worry about what someone thinks about us and around the world there are people who are dying for their faith, being, being totally kicked out of their homes losing their inheritances because they love Jesus and they don't care Amen. I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of boldness. He says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Father, this morning, I have found life in you. You are the giver of life. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And I believe your words that says no man can come unto the Father except through you. Jesus, help me be bold for you. Jesus, help me follow the footsteps of those men and women around the world who are dying for their faith today, who are not ashamed of you. Help us to follow you as Paul followed you. And that's why he said in Romans, as he was being imprisoned, as he was being beaten, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. First for the Jew, 
than to the Gentile. Who can be saved today? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. We have one life, church, one opportunity to to make Jesus Lord. That thief on the cross did it. He looked over and said, I believe. And he said, I'm not ashamed of you. He said, remember me today. Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. We have to live a life unashamed of the gospel. We need to be more caring about what the word of God says than what society says. More more concerned about what the word of God says than what my family says. You, you, you might say, well, our family believes this. Or our, don't, worry, don't worry about what anybody else says. Worry about what God's word says. Well, this is how I am. Well, this is how I grew up. Well, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what we did. What does God's word say? It's the final authority. Don't be ashamed this morning. to pray for your meal in public when no one else is praying. Don't be ashamed to speak disapproval of a colleague or a co-worker that blasphemes the name of Jesus. I hear people cuss that name and they say, Jesus Christ, and I say, is Lord. Don't be ashamed to shout out, is Lord. When somebody is not ashamed to use his name as a cuss word. Why are we so weak in our faith when they're so bold in their sin? We need to be bold like them. We need to be bolder. Am I ashamed to display my faith in a way that guests would see it when they come into my house? Am I ashamed, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, think about this, to explain the reason why I'm good? Why I don't cuss? Why I'm trying to be honest? Why I try to be a good employee? Am I ashamed to just say, it's because I love Jesus and I want to be like him? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you're listening online right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day. If you're here and you have been denying Jesus, you have not confessed him as Lord of your life, and today you want to do that, I want you to be bold this morning, and I want you to put your hand in the air, and I want you to say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Just lift it up and put it back down. God bless you. How many more? I need Jesus. God bless you. How many more? That's me. I want to make a statement today. God bless you. God sees your hand. I want to make a statement today because I'm listening to your words, preacher, and you're preaching the word of God that says, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father. Listen, these services will be video played in heaven. And God will say, look, I gave you the opportunity to open your heart to me. I gave you the opportunity to confess me as Lord and you denied me. I won't be guilty of it. You will. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the word of God. The word of God says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody else in the history of the world has died and defeated death but Jesus. 
That's why he's the only one who can take us into heaven. The Bible says there is no other name given under heaven by which we can be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says there is no other mediator between God and man but Jesus Christ. If you're going to stand before a living God, you better understand his living word. And you better say, Lord, I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm going to choose you while I can, while I'm alive. How many more could say, I've never said that prayer. I'm not asking what church you go to. I'm not asking if you've been baptized somewhere. I'm asking, have have you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life? And if you haven't, do it now. Tomorrow's not promised. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. Just lift your hand and say, would you pray for me? I want Jesus to come into my life this morning. I want to be saved. Maybe you're here and you at some point in your life said a prayer. And you believe. But you're, you're running away from God this morning. You're not living the life that God has asked you to live. And you've, you've become ashamed of him. You've, you, you've, you've become fearful of what others think. And you're not in love with Jesus like you used to be. And today you want to come back to that relationship. How many would say, that's me. I need to get back. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to take just a few minutes to pray at the altar. That's why we have this big open area up here because this is a place of decision. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand, I want to do one more thing. This is why you hear me quote this all the time at an altar call. I quote these verses that I read this morning. If you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. If you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. If you have never confessed Jesus as Lord and you raised your hand this morning, come out of your seat and come up here to the front. I want to pray for you this morning. Just step out quickly. Don't wait and hesitate. Don't wait for somebody else. I saw three hands go up. I'm going to wait just a few seconds. I can't make you come. I can't make you confess Jesus before man because, see, when we had our hands, when we had our eyes closed, you raised your hand, but nobody saw it. That's not confessing Jesus before man. That's, that's raising your hand afraid of what someone might think. There's one more hand. I'm going to wait. One more person raised their hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. One more. I'm going to wait just a few seconds. I can't, I can't take those steps for you. I did it 25 years ago. I ran to the altar and I said, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm going to wait five, four, three, two, one. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Some of you have been listening to me preach for years, months, and you've never come forward for salvation. I've never seen you come to the altar for salvation. Please don't watch this video in heaven before God says to you, Depart from me, doer of iniquity, I know you not. Please don't be that person. Please don't be that one that God says you are in a, in a service hundreds of times. And you heard an altar call hundreds of times. And you never went down and gave your life to Jesus. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Make sure you make a decision today because this is recorded in heaven. Amen. It's recorded in heaven.
I'm waiting just a few more seconds. It'll be on video. It'll be on video. Did you make Jesus Lord of your life? Maybe you're backslidden this morning. You need to come forward today. Amen. You need to come forward and give your life to Jesus today. Amen. You're not right with God. Five seconds. Four. Three. I don't believe what you're saying, preacher. You will. You will someday, unfortunately. I don't know about all this Bible stuff. You will. You will. It'll be too late. That's the truth. It'll be too late. You can't do it later. Can I just quote to this, this to you one more time? Maybe leave it as a seed. I'm going to quote that verse I read that said a little earlier. He said in his word, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I want to show you what I believe that means. The Bible says there will be a great white throne judgment and the dead will be coming up from the pits of hell. Just like today, there's a bunch of people sitting in jail waiting for a sentence. And they will be pulled up to stand before the judge just like a person's pulled up from their cell to stand before the judge in arraignment and for sentencing. And they'll stand before him and when they walk in, they will fall to their knees and it will be like this, Jesus is Lord. And all that disbelief that they had will be gone. But it will be too late. Just like someone who stands before a judge and tries to say, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry, judge. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And the judge, by justice, has to give him a sentence. Don't you think God would love to just change his mind and say, man, I, I, I see your repentance. You, 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 I, I see that you mean that. I'm not going to send you to hell. But if he did that, he would not be a just God because he's given us lots and lots of chances over and over and over again. So don't ever get tired of this opportunity right here because this is, this is everything. This is your eternity we're talking about. We're going to say this prayer. I'd like this to be online, possibly, Chris, this prayer, and then we can go off from there. I want everybody in this place to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you this morning for your mercy and your grace. I am a sinner, lost, on my way to hell, full of destruction, because your word says that I'm a sinner and I fall short of your glory. And that the penalty of my sin is death. But your word also says that the gift of God is eternal life. And that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved this morning. I confess that, I believe that, and I accept that. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean of all my sins and make me a new creation. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life today. And from this day forward, I will be unashamed of you and your word. Satan, get out of my life. Leave me alone.
You have no place in my life. I no longer serve you. I'm a child of God. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning. Hallelujah. As the Bible says, the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now for these decisions.